Welcome to the Idaho Reports podcast. I'm producer Ruth Brown. Today I'm joined by Idaho Reports associate producer Logan Finney to discuss the Associated Taxpayers of Idaho conference. Thanks for joining me, Logan. Hi, Ruth. So, Logan, the group met on Wednesday, and Governor Brad Little hinted at his priorities for the upcoming 2022 legislative session. For listeners who don't know, maybe can you walk me through what exactly is the Associated Taxpayers of Idaho, and what what did they accomplish at this conference? Sure. The Associated Taxpayers of Idaho, or ATI, is a uh, group of Idaho citizens and businesses and everybody gets taxed, so everybody has at least a little bit of interest in taxes. Uh, And this was the group's 75th annual conference. This is the first one that I've been to, but um, I've heard from other journalists, from our lead producer, Melissa Davlin, that across the lobbyists and the lawmakers and industry folks, this is kind of considered to be the uh, the unofficial start, the pregame to the uh, upcoming January session. And so it was a series of panel discussions with uh, various folks that we'll get into in a moment, but uh, just kind of talking about the the state of tax policy in the country in Idaho and what steps should be taken moving forward. Uh, And to clarify, was this a bipartisan group or was it mostly a GOP-led conference? Um, So ATI is a nonpartisan independent group. They are um, not affiliated with any party. They they just focus on tax issues. So it's it's an issues group, not a not a partisan group. Um, If you pay close attention to the legislature, you may recognize their name from that little loop of in session music that plays over and over again in between um, meetings when it goes through some of the groups that give the legislature and Idaho Public Television funds for Idaho in session. One of those sponsors amongst the universities and public policy groups is Associated taxpayers of Idaho. So Idaho in session is run with equipment by Idaho Public Television, but we are editorially independent. For listeners, can you walk me through uh, what some of the presenters covered in their discussions on Wednesday? Sure. So the morning started with um, some comments from House Speaker Scott Bedke to show uh, that legislative leadership was there. Don Day with Boise Dev ran through um, the sort of things that he has been seeing locally here in Boise as growth, growth, growth is kind of the headline. Um, And then we also got outlooks on um, economic trends from the chief economist from Zion's Bank who came from um, Salt Lake City and Zion's has, you know, services here in Idaho, so they do a lot of economic analysis. Um, And then there was a panel of CEOs from big local players. So there was um, Odette Bellano, the president and CEO of St. Alphonsus, representing the healthcare industry. Uh, Lisa Groh, the president and CEO of Idaho Power, who talked a bit about infrastructure issues. We've seen a lot of federal money coming both from the pandemic and also from this bipartisan infrastructure bill. Um, And then we also had Garrett Lofto, the president and CEO of the Simplot company, um, there representing agriculture. And so they talked about um, local economic issues and how taxes are affecting them and what their uh, industries are seeing with worker trends, uh, especially was a big topic of discussion during the pandemic the last couple of years. What did you see as maybe a unifying theme throughout the day? Um, A lot of things touched back to property taxes, which is not surprising. It's been a topic of discussion for years that um, people are unhappy with the property tax system. That was the the first thing in my notes was a quip from um, Speaker Scott Bedke, who is uh, campaigning for uh, lieutenant governor in the upcoming election. And he said as he goes around the state campaigning and talking to folks, the number one thing he hears is, my property taxes are going up and you need to do something about it. So in the state political conversation, we're very much in a point where 
the problem has been diagnosed. The property system doesn't work for wh what it's supposed to. Uh, and now it's, it's a question of deciding what, what are the solutions going to be. Uh, we are in a time when Idaho has an outstanding surplus. Uh, we are cash flush, which is not the challenge every year. Any sneak peeks into what maybe the 2022 legislative session may bring? It was an all-day conference, and during the lunch in the middle of the day, uh, Governor Little arrived and he gave some comments. Um, you know, governors don't typically tip their hand too far before the State of the State address in January. Um, but he did hint at a uh, proposal that is being dubbed the leading Idaho plan. I'm, I'm seeing this kind of in the same vein as last legislative session. He had the Building Idaho's Future Plan, which was a series of investments in um, infrastructure with one-time costs. And Little said the plan will specifically make investments in schools, roads, and clean water with additional tax relief. Um, but there, there weren't very many details on that. Um, and Little also said that he is proposing that the legislature take action to freeze the base for um, unemployment insurance tax calculations. So, so freezing the amount that employers pay in unemployment insurance taxes, which is a very niche um, topic. But when you're at a tax conference, it, it makes sense to bring it up. But we're going to have to wait for the full details until the uh, state of the state address come January. It struck me as you were talking about that, the unemployment rate in Idaho is not exceedingly high, but throughout the pandemic, there were times when it was higher than it's ever been. Did Brad Little focus on that at all, or was that not really the cusp of his plan? Um, Little's was more just general comments, but we did hear a lot about unemployment and the impacts of the pandemic in the morning um, from Robert Spenlove, who was the Zions Bank chief economist. He talked about um, the well, he had a lot of different graphs that were really screwed up by the pandemic. If you look at the unemployment graph, um, you know, there's a dip during the Great Recession when all those people were laid off. And then you get to um, March of 2020 and it is a precipitous drop that just it makes what used to be a really functional economic graph into just a little squiggly line because we've never seen anything like what we saw in March. Um, but jobs are coming back that cliff stopped and is bounced back up and um, I noticed that a lot of the speakers whether they were industry folks or um, policy people they acknowledged that the federal stimulus actions saved the economy from bottoming out was kind of um, a sentiment that I heard a few times was like criticism of perhaps the bipartisan infrastructure bill of like we don't need to be spending all this money and racking up all this debt if we don't have to but some of the specific measures taken to um, tide the economic fallout of everybody not being able to go to work all of a sudden was a was a necessary step that stopped things from getting as bad as they could have. And you're referring to the COVID relief packages that uh were put out by the federal government for yes. employers, schools. There's a number of acronyms between the CARES Act and the, uh, it was the American Families First, I'm, I'm getting the, the title wrong, but they said a couple of those early packages were worth doing, but there were, there were some criticisms for things like the ARPA package and the bipartisan infrastructure bill, so. Did you get the sense that these conversations swayed any of the lawmakers that were in attendance? 
I'm not sure. I, I did speak to a few lawmakers. I'm not sure if anyone was swayed because it wasn't like anyone was getting up on stage with a big pitch of, here's my bill for the 2021. You should listen to it and here's why. It was, it was a lot of talk about the need for all these groups to come together and find a solution. We heard when you're talking about income taxes, when you're talking about corporate taxes, pretty much everything Idaho does pretty well on. There are some quibbles about sales taxes and you know very minor things, but if you're, if you're talking about things that need fixed in Idaho, you're talking about the property tax system. The Zion's chief economist, Robert Spenlove, said um, he was talking about inflation nationally as one of the economic issues we're seeing, but I'm going to take what he said and apply it to the property tax system too. He said the issue isn't coming from a specific area, so there's no one silver bullet to address it. He was talking about economic trends, but here in Idaho, the um, property tax system was first kind of created and implemented in the mid-1960s, and since then, there have been issues with it, so there have been tweaks and adjustments and small things moved around, and it's become this, this cobbled-together program that um, we heard at the end of the day, specifically during the property tax panel, which featured Seth Grigg, who's with the Idaho Association of Counties, IACI President Alex LeBeau, who is IACI, the Idaho Association of Commerce and Industry, is a big lobbying group, and um, also from a developer, David Turnbull, with the Brighton Corporation. Um, and they said that there's a need to take a step back and say, what are the functions of state government that we want to work and is it working the way that we want it to? And then we should design a funding program to fit that rather than nibbling around the edges of the property tax system and like spending this energy trying to fix things when perhaps we should take a step back and say, is this system even working at all? One of, one of the, the panel speakers said, we poke on this side of the balloon and something bulges out there. We poke on this side of the balloon and something bulges out there. But what we really need to do is decide, do we really want a purple balloon or do we want a red or a blue balloon? You know, like rather than, than nibbling at the edges, we should take a holistic look at the system. And if there's a time to overhaul the way that we do property taxes and start from scratch, now would be the time to do it when we have this giant surplus. It was more of a discussion of what is the problem and how do we fix it? Yeah, pretty much everyone agrees there is a problem. The property tax system doesn't work. And now it's, you know, it's going to be ultimately up to the legislature with input from all of these lobbying groups who were represented at the conference to, uh, to figure out what the solutions are going to be. We hear regularly from Democratic lawmakers um, that they want to do things like change the homeowner's exemption to shift some property taxes from residential back onto these corporations. Um, I talked to Representative Jim Addis, who is one of the co-chairs of the Interim Property Tax Committee, and he's working on a bill that would allow um, local highway districts to charge impact fees from developers. Senator Jim Rice, who's the Senate Tax Committee Chairman, uh, he has a bill that would work to phase out supplemental levies for schools and replace those with sales tax um, revenues. So there's a lot of ideas kicking around, which is somewhat new. I, I started covering the legislature in 2020, and I've heard about property taxes pretty much every week since that started, but there's it, seem, it seems to be different now in that there's a lot of ideas floating around and people are kicking the tires and debating what's going to work or not, which is, you know, is progress even if it's not a solution yet. Sure. A sneak peek into the 2022 session. 
Oh yes, yeah. A few people were asked what what should we look for in the 2022 session. The things that were referenced a lot were Senator Rice's supplemental proposal, um, the the ideas that are coming out of the interim property tax committee, even though they haven't met very much. And Representative Addis told me that schedules are tough and they probably won't meet again in December before the session. But he said that individual legislators can still introduce bills even if they haven't been fully vetted by the committee yet. So definitely there's going to be some action. And Seth Gregg with the Association of Counties, he said that whatever gets done on property taxes needs this year to be simple and explainable to constituents. Because there was a big bill, House Bill um, 389 last year, that did a whole slew of things relating to property taxes. But even though it made changes, people haven't seen their property taxes go down. People are just getting those assessments around now. And um, some people have expressed that, like, hey, we thought the legislature did something. Why haven't my property taxes gone down yet? So um, the point that Seth Gregg was kind of making was rather than doing this big omnibus bill that changes like six things at once, let's focus on just like one simple, clear thing with an outcome that we can measure and, and go from there. Speaking of the 2022 legislative session, Governor Little's State of the State Address will be held January 10th, and Idaho Reports will provide live coverage, of course. Logan Finney, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Ruth. On this Friday's Idaho Reports, we'll be joined by Miguel Legaretta, President of the Associated Taxpayers of Idaho. For more information on the State of the State or other property tax issues, follow Idaho Reports on Facebook and Twitter, or read the blog at blog.idahoreports.idahoptv.org. Presentation of Idaho Reports on Idaho Public Television is made possible through the generous support of the Laura Moore Cunningham Foundation, committed to fulfilling the Moore and Bettis family legacy of building the great state of Idaho, by the Friends of Idaho Public Television, and by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. <laughs>